Switched on on F104 and I'm joined by Chartered Work and Organisational Psychologist Leisha McGrath. Hello. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you so much for chatting to us. So I suppose life crisis or quarter life crisis sometimes gets thrown around as almost like a joke, but it can be a real thing to people, can't it? Absolutely. Um, I think I think you're right. I mean, the definition of crisis is a time of intense difficulty or danger. And when we're faced with a situation where we feel like what we really want to do and what we're expected to do don't line up, it can feel that intense feeling of, of difficulty. And, and often people don't know where to turn. What can affect the, the difference between the two then? Um, well, I think what we need to think about is that a lot of the expectations and norms that we have in ourselves, or maybe that some of our family have in ourselves or society, in some ways are very outdated. So if we think about uh, careers, you know, uh, our, my, certainly my parents' generation would have, would have preferred the pensionable job, nice steady as you go, the one house, the, you know, the... Mm-hmm. 47 children, whatever it was, (laughs) you know. And and life now for um, young adults is so different. They can travel, the education is much higher, we form more disposable income, there's a lot more pressure and stress and Mm -hmm. access to information. It's a completely different world. So sometimes when you feel like, gosh, I I don't want to do what maybe I'm expected to do, i.e. the route of school, college, job, Mm -hmm. marriage, you know, whatever... Um, it can feel like you're going against society. But it's really, really, really important to listen to yourself, to be honest with, with, about what you really want to do and not let yourself live the life of somebody else. Can it be quite easy to know what it is that you do want to do without possibly taking in these things without even realising? It can be sometimes difficult. And what I would say to, I have, to be honest with you, I have sat across from so many people who have over, you know, over the last 20 odd years, that is, but who have kind of woken up age 40s, 50s, 60s and kind of thought, she's I never wanted to be an accountant or mm. I never wanted to be married to her. Or, but they just kind of followed on the steps that were expected of them. And all of a sudden they realized, oh, my God, I'm not actually living my own life. I'm living somebody else's life. But I think what can happen is nowadays people might feel, and I'm sure then they would have felt, I don't really want to do this. And, you know, it kind of feels a bit of unease. But, but very often we can mask that with just keeping busy or having a few drinks or having some sort of distraction that doesn't actually allow us to do the inner work that we need to do in order to work out what's really going on. But once we do do that inner work and take the time, um, it can become clear quite quickly. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be deep, you know, work with a therapist, but even having a notebook with yourself and just noticing, where am I happy? Where do I feel really aligned with myself? Where do I hear myself laughing? Where do I find the time going really quickly? Those can all be really clear insights into what it is that does uh, make you thrive and does drive you instead of the outer world and, and what you think you're supposed to follow on with. And if you have found yourself that you've kind of like that, kind of just drifted along, just kind of kept doing what you felt you should be doing, or that just just was, I suppose, the easier way to do it. Is there a way to backtrack without maybe giving anything up, but just kind of finding that joy again? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we need to think about, you know, that life isn't linear. We need to think mm. about all the experiences and all the things we get from the different experiences that we have. And sometimes... You know, that includes the, the, the negative ones or the ones that we wish we haven't had. 
Um, but I think, you know, if you've done a degree and actually you don't end up working in it, it'll still be for, you know, as an example, mm-hmm. it'll still be a really good addition to something else that you study. You'll still have learned, you know, made new friends, learned how to study, again, as an example. But I think it's really important not to have this idea of perfectionism, not to feel like, oh, I have to follow everyone else. I have to do it all, you know, exactly. I can't waste time. I Enjoy the journey. Don't always focus on what the destination is because what happens in reality is we change mm-hmm. and what we want at different stages in our life, it changes. And that's okay. That's normal. So coming to life with that maybe more curiosity or playfulness is a way better uh, way of approaching this type of stuff because then you don't feel so constricted and that you need to conform. And if you do want to change, say, a career, how do you go about doing that? Um, I think the seesaw analogy is super helpful and I've worked with a lot of clients in this space. So say you might, I'm thinking of, you know, some clients in particular, say you're working in IT and actually what you want to do is retrain as a teacher. I'm thinking of someone Mm -hmm. in particular. So what you might do is, maybe go to a contract IT role. So then you can go back and and study your your education qualification over time. So it's like that seesaw. And then as you have more maybe um, experience and opportunities to, to, you know, substitute teach or whatever, then you can maybe drop some of the IT contracts and allow that seesaw to shift in position. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that piece around sometimes you can put up with a little bit of a, a short-term pain mm-hmm. if you know that you're heading in the direction of a longer-term gain. So, the, so the, the difficulty maybe of working and studying at the same time might be your short-term pain in that example. But if you feel like, okay, I'm actually going to get into a career that I really want and the summers will be off and it'll all be amazing, it, it can just help you, you know, keep you motivated over those years that it takes to make that transition. Absolutely. And then there is, I suppose, certain occasions where we're almost getting in our own way. Is that an easy one to shift out of as well? Um, I think we're all in our own way. <laughs> we have these things called self-limiting beliefs okay. and we we acquire them. They're often unconscious. Um, they're mostly unconscious and we acquire them, but they're massively powerful. They're well-run neural pathways in our brain. So working with somebody, usually a coach or a psychologist to help you unpick what some of your self-limiting beliefs might be is a really good way to start because you might think oh I you know that kind of a job isn't for me or I can't do that I I had one for a long time that was unless it's really hard it's Mm -hmm. not worthwhile Mm -hmm. or you'll have people who have things mutually exclusive and they don't realize that they that they're operating as as a mutually exclusive thing in their brain until somebody says hang on a minute let's tease this apart and often when you just see the fallacy of what's been driving your behavior, often that can be enough to change it into something that makes more sense. So I'm thinking of a client, I was talking about this on a podcast yesterday, who who had thought that uh, she had grown up in a family where they had um, little money, but they had culture. And so they would go to all these events and they were all up to date with, with all, the, all that was going on in the cultural world. And then she found herself as an adult sabotaging herself accidentally, mm. but in making money that she wanted to make. And what she realized at a really deep subconscious level was that she didn't want to give up the culture. And somewhere along the line, there was a self-limiting belief formed in there that she couldn't have the two together. She couldn't have mm. culture and money. It's amazing how we have um, these self-limiting beliefs. And as I say, how powerful they are. Now, once she saw what was going on, she, you know, she, she could apply mm. rational thought to it. 
and and happily has gone on to to be able to exist in in both a money making capacity and a, and a, and and knowing what's going on culturally. But but everybody, it, it is a fact that everybody has a series of these self limiting beliefs, and being able to unpick them is a massively powerful thing to do. It's so interesting how the brain files things away, isn't it? Absolutely, mm-hmm. it, and it, all it's trying to do is keep you safe. Mm-hmm. All it's trying to keep do is keep you safe, and and at different parts in in, in your life, different things make sense and keep you safe and keep you on the track that you need to be until they don't anymore. And at that stage, your your body, your system, your mind will start to give you signs. I don't feel right. There's something going on here, you know. And if you can't afford to work with a coach or a therapist or a psychologist or whatever, you know, even just trying to ask friends and family, noticing where you feel different, having that notebook um, and, and, and trying to build up a pattern of, of that kind of, um, uneasy feeling where do you feel it what's going on what might be underneath it keep trying to dig keep, you know keep trying to dig because it's not rocket science and almost once you unpick one of these kind of things you'll know the pattern then for unpicking others um, but it's really worthwhile work to do because yeah we're, we're all in our own way even psychologists and coaches <laughs> are all a product of our personality and our backgrounds and that's okay that's what makes us human but as you say when it gets to the point that it's keeping us smaller, keeping us from doing the thing that we really want to do. It's very important to tackle it for sure. So if someone is at that crossroads at the moment where they're trying to make a decision, don't know if it's the right one, maybe in the right job or maybe in a good job, but maybe not the right job for them. What would be the first couple of tips that you give them of kind of changing that? Yeah, I mean, the very first thing is to notice. I think when we bring awareness to things, that can be almost like a, a huge systemic relief. And it's like, oh, my God, they've noticed. She noticed. She noticed. Mm-hmm. I don't feel right in this environment. And and giving clarity around what is it? Is it the people? Is it the type of job? Is it just the organization? What's actually going on that's causing me to feel uneasy? And then I think formulating I often say to my clients, you know, if you had a magic wand, like take all the, oh, I have to pay for this or I have this response, you know, take that out of the equation for the moment and just think, if I had a magic wand, what would it be like? What would I really love to do? And once you know that, and the answer is in there, it may be very buried, mm-hmm. but it is in there, then you can start to make a plan. Okay, I'm at A and I want to get to B. What are the things that I need to do in order to get there? And often they're around communication with, with your boss, such as I want to do something else within the organization or going back to study and taking steps to do that, communicating at home, what would happen if I, you know, gave up mm-hmm. work and went traveling for a while, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, I think the more we're honest with ourselves and the more we take responsibility for getting to know ourselves often over and over again and living authentically, living our own life, um, the better for our health, the better for our well-being, and, and the better for the jobs that we're doing or the, the relationships that we're in, because if we're constantly trying to live somebody else's life, however well-meaning and often unconscious, um, it just goes awry. So I think the steps are listen to yourself, trust your instincts and try and take the baby steps in the direction that you want to head in. Absolutely. Chartered Work and Organisational Psychologist Alicia McGrath, thank you so much for chatting to us. Thanks so much.